welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm delighted that you're with us today. You know, one of the most beautiful things about this undeniably difficult but still perfectly wonderful time in human history when so much that has always been good and true is more and more becoming undeniable by everyone, this wonderful time, one of the most amazing things about it is that there are so many people now who are being called to love and to serve the truth and to help to spread it all to all of humankind and sometimes in some kind of amazing ways. I met today's guest about a decade ago when he was book touring for his afterlife-related book, The Barn Dance. I found him really interesting and enjoyable then, and I find his present venture to be so much a part of the spiritual awakening that is happening now all over the world that I really want you to come to know him too. James Twyman is a best-selling author and a peace troubadour who is such a fan of St. Francis of Assisi that he isn't just going to play the saint off-Broadway, and he'll be there from February 20th to March 1st of 2020. He's not just going to play him, but he's he's resolved to actually emulate the saint. I don't know much about his tour. We're going to be learning about this together, you and I. But what what his literature says is that beginning in January, he's traveling and performing his new musical, which is called Brother Sun, Sister Moon Musical Tour, in 10 cities across the United States, west to east, before he winds up in the Big Apple for his February you know, debut. He's going to do it the way St. Francis did it, though, barefoot and penniless. I don't believe he'll be barefoot maybe all the time because it's... It's winter in some parts of the country, but penniless, he's going to rely on the kindness of strangers, just as St. Francis did, and his purpose is one that is really close to all our hearts, yours and mine. He intends to make St. Francis's values of inclusion, respect for all living beings, and his plea for peaceful coexistence worldwide, he wants to make that into a clarion call for all of us to all of us all over the world. Actually, our guest today is a pretty intense guy. In his role as the peace troubadour, James has performed his peace concert in places like, you know, not the easy places. He's gone to Iraq, Bosnia, South Africa, Northern Ireland. In 1998, he was invited to perform in Baghdad by Saddam Hussein. And a few years back, he gave a peace concert for ISIS on a hill overlooking a village in Syria. Wow, my goodness. On his show, Real Time, Bill Bill Maher called him the idiot singer from Portland, and that's something that James just loves to be able to share with other people. James, welcome. I'm really glad you're with us today. I am so grateful to be here, and thank you for that beautiful introduction. Boy, it's amazing to hear all of that. In one little piece. (laughs) (laughs) You aren't aware of all the things you've done? It seems to me that doing is a big thing about who you are, right? You you don't write necessarily, although you do that too. And you don't speak necessarily because, well, you also do that too. But you do things. Mm. That's unusual, actually. Well, you know. Trying hard to help. It's true. There are a lot of people who talk about what they're going to do. And... I, I like to think that I, I move from inspiration 
to manifestation instantly. Most people think that there needs to be an interruption between those two, where the mind gets in and tries to plan things out and figure things out. I know that I'm not going to be able to figure things out, so I let them figure me out. And I just (laughs) go and let the chips fall where they may. And sometimes they fall in very unusual places, as you said in your introduction. Yes, that's a first for me, I have to say. I've interviewed hundreds of people, but that's a first. Well, what brought you to this place? Let's talk very, before we go on to talk about your latest great adventure, let's just talk briefly about who you are. What what got you started? You you thought you were actually going to be a Franciscan monk, yeah. right, initially? Yeah, it, it, it all kinds of, it blends together at this point in my life. 25 years, almost to the day of the first time I did the Peace Concert. Uh, it was December 10th of 1994. And it was actually, even then, in imitation of St. Francis, because what happened only a few months earlier was that a friend of mine gave me a sheet of paper that had the peace prayers from the 12 major religions of the world on it. And as I began to read each one of them, beginning with the Hindu prayer and then the Buddhist prayer for peace and all of them, I heard music and literally thought it was coming from the next room at first. Then I realized it was not coming from anywhere else. It was coming from somewhere inside me. And I picked up my guitar and began to play along. And within one hour, I had put all 12 of those prayers to music. And it was an amazing gift. And I knew it was a gift that was meant to be shared. And so I decided that I wanted to be like Francis. I wanted to be a penniless troubadour just traveling the world sharing these prayers. And that was when I began getting invited to places like Bosnia and Croatia during the Balkan War, and people started calling me the Peace Troubadour. But it began with St. Francis, just as when I was 18, as you mentioned, I, I did join the Franciscan Order because I had always had this deep love of that little man from Assisi. The way yes. that he changed the world 800 years ago, I think it's still relevant today. Yeah, I think many people would agree with you about that. But um, so you 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 play the obviously you play the guitar. Then do you play any other instruments? Oh, I play the ukulele. I pretty much anything with strings I can play. Um, these days I'm traveling with a new instrument that I fell in love with. It's called the uh, the Venezuelan cuatro, similar oh, to a ukulele. And on this tour, that's the only instrument I'm going to have with me. So I'm going to be on Broadway doing a very simple performance, just playing this one instrument. Just this one instrument. Well, I can't play a blessed thing, so you're already way ahead of me. And you can sing and people don't, like, move away from you? They don't tend to, no. (laughs) Wow. Have you had singing? I'm jealous because I can't sing at all. In fact, people do move away from me if I try. No. So have you been trained? No, I haven't, actually. I mean, it's just always been something that I've done. It's just been this beautiful gift that I'm so grateful for. If you want, at some point, I could always share something here on the show. But it's it's just one of those things. You know, music is very interesting. St. Augustine, uh, probably 1,400 years ago, said, when you pray or when you sing, you pray twice. And I've always found that to be true. I remember that. Yes. Yeah. There's just something magical about singing and music that takes us so much deeper. And that's just always been my primary way of communicating. 
well, I'm very jealous, but I try to control it as best I can when we're on air. Um, talk a little bit about um, the, your career. You've, has he been part of your career throughout? Absolutely. Okay, so yeah, you sort from of the very beginning has built your life has built around bringing his message to a wider world. Is that's you know even when I wasn't doing that specifically, I was still doing it. There's a saying, once a Franciscan, always a Franciscan. (laughs) Francis gets his hooks into you. It never really lets go. And that has certainly been true for me. I mean, I was in the order so many years ago. And yet it's, I'm probably living that spirit more than I ever would have. In fact, I remember not long ago, uh, my my new book is called Giovanni in the Camino of St. Francis. And I received a phone call from a priest named Father Patrick, who actually started the same day I did with the Franciscans, and he's gone on to become a great priest. And he called me, and we're talking, because he had read the book, and and I said, you know, I sometimes wonder what my life would have been like if I stayed in the order. He said, you never would have made it. (laughs) Because even then, you were such a free spirit, and it's best that you just stayed that way and followed the spirit. So Francis definitely is and will always be a big part of who I am. This new book, Giovanni and the musical uh, Brother, Son, Sister, Moon, they're kind of my coup de grace, you know, my, 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 my major uh, step into not only talking about or writing about Francis, but literally becoming him. Well, that's a beautiful, 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 amazing thought, actually. Um, I I think that those of us who are working very hard to advance the message and the work of people who have come before us and done great things, we do feel eventually that we are melding into that person. We no longer really exist. What exists is a more powerful person. And and it's so I identify with that quite a Mm -hmm. lot. Um, all right. So this is, though, the latest of 16 books. And my understanding is that your tour is actually a book tour for Giovanni and the Camino of St. Francis. No, that was already I that, that's really how the musical started. And actually, people often ask what inspired this musical. And the very true and strange answer is it was inspired by Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Because, <laughs> yeah, that takes some explaining. So let me yes. explain that. Okay. Um, the, the book Giovanni and the Camino of St. Francis, I love this book. I think it's one of my very best and my favorite. It, it's a story of a woman, a fiction story, uh, a woman named Anna Petterino who who leaves Portland because a book falls off a shelf in a bookstore and hits her right in the head. And it's the guidebook for the Camino of St. Francis in Italy. The the Camino of St. Francis are the little paths that Francis walked 800 years ago to get from place to place. And I've walked it myself many times. I started thinking about this story about seven years ago when I was walking. And I, I put it off because I had decided I was not going to write another book unless one forced me to, unless it was just beating upon my brain so strong and my heart that I had to do it. And this story just did that. And it's a beautiful story. It's a great way of understanding the life of St. Francis in a very modern and very fun way. And yet I didn't know how to talk about that book on a book tour. So one day I was watching a Netflix special 
Bruce did a one-man musical on Broadway last year called Springsteen on Broadway, where he just told stories from his life and played the songs that I love. And, and I was watching that thinking, you know, St. Francis could do this. If St. Francis came back 800 years yes. to tell the story of his life, what would he share? What would he sing? And so that's where it began. And I, so this tour now is not the book tour. This is literally traveling penniless across the U.S. Actually, right. seven, 17 cities, not 10. Really? Uh, 17 cities 10, on the so way. Have been, I mean, it, it, it keeps increasing. Yes. yes. In I, fact, I, can I, I tell you a real quick story about of one of the – this is the, one of the most amazing things personally that's ever happened to me. In planning this tour – Okay, I'll begin by saying when I was young, we lived in a lot of different places. And we spent three years living in central Illinois. And then we moved to Michigan and then finally settled in Minnesota. So a few weeks ago, I got a phone call from the pastor of a Catholic church in Peoria, Illinois. And he said he had just read Giovanni, heard about the tour, and wanted to know if I could you know, on the, be, between St. Louis and Chicago, come to Peoria and do the show there. I called him up and he, I said, you're not going to believe this, but that's my church. That's the church oh. where I was confirmed, where I was an altar boy. It's where I graduated oh, from grade school. Word. And now you're calling me, inviting me back after 40 years or whatever it's been. Wow. I know. So that's really how this tour has been. These <laughs> events have just showed up. And, and I know that when we get to New York, it's just going to increase and get even bigger. Well, that's wonderful. Let's, yeah. When, when there are synchronicities that just happen, then you know that what you're doing is, is uh, what, what is your plan for, the, sure. for this lifetime? Mm -hmm. Everything is coming together then. That's wonderful. It's beautiful. So, all right. You're, you're, you're about to do this, do you have some sense of who's going to be helping you? Have you made contacts so that you know who you're going to? Yep. Okay. So you, yeah, we know where all the events are. I just don't know specifically how we're getting from point A to point B. A very dear friend of mine <laughs> whose name is Bill Free will be traveling with me the whole time. Uh, there are certain rules that we've set up. Number one, we can take no money. Um, to get from city to city, we could either hitchhike or just someone can give us a ride or someone can buy us a bus or, or, or a train ticket, but we cannot fly. We have to stay on the ground. Um, we have to be completely relying upon the generosity of other people for food, for lodging, for travel, uh, because this is what St. Francis would have done. That's what he and did, I, yes. And I, I have no worry at all. I know we're going to be perfectly provided for because this fire that people feel – People respond to that. When there's someone who is on fire with love, like St. Francis was 800 years ago, it changes people. So, uh, oh, and I should mention, because you touched on this before, uh, my goal, as I said, is literally to become Francis on this tour, much yes. as a, a method actor like Daniel Day-Lewis, for example, when he played Lincoln in Spielberg's film for nine months, he never left character. Every night, his wife slept with Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> and I'm going to be endeavoring to do the same thing, to live within the habit of Francis, to see how that changes me all the way to New York. Oh, and I should mention that when we're in New York, we're going to be doing something very unique that no 
to my knowledge, no musical or Broadway show has ever done. The show, our primary audience will not be the many people who will buy tickets, but the homeless. Every day we're going to be on the street passing out tickets to the homeless, inviting them to come as our guest. And the people who buy tickets will be there to serve them, to serve them soup, to pass out blankets and socks, and to nurture them and to share this musical with them. So we're we're going about this in a very unique way, but a, a way that I think this world needs right now. Yeah, it certainly needs uh, the the example of of St. Francis, that is for sure. Um, I I don't know how it plays, though, in in this much more complex society. I mean, people are so focused on the need to sort of – it's a dog-eat-dog world now. But I suppose it was then, too. We just forget it. Oh, yeah. It was no different 800 years ago. In fact, there's so many similarities. At that time, and the the time of Francis – countries didn't go to war. You went to war with the city or the town next to you because oh, Lord. Some, oh, some towns were papal cities. Oh. Others were independent cities. Others were, were um, aligned with Frederick the Great, the Holy Roman Emperor. So uh, Assisi, for example, they were always at odds with neighboring Perugia. And uh, Perugia was a papal state. Assisi was an independent state. And Francis, at the very beginning, he wanted to be this chivalrous knight. He wanted to ride off to battle and gain glory. He was captured. He was thrown into prison for a year. And that's when his heart cracked open. And when he finally emerged from that, he was different. And ultimately, he, he, he had to give up that which had no value. He stripped naked in front of the whole town and walked out of Assisi to begin a new life. And of course, they all thought he was crazy until they realized there was something very unique and very wonderful going on. So, yes, this time that we live in is very similar to what happened 800 years ago. And one more thing I should mention that I think speaks to this time and to his time. Uh, There was a a very, very well-known figure. I'm going to see if you can guess who this is. A very well-known figure who uh, your only only hint is that it was in the 20th century. And this man said basically this. He said, our revolution failed. What we really needed were 10 St. Francis of Assisi's. Who do you think might have said that? Wow. I don't know. Whose revolution failed? Uh I, I give up. Who, who was it? A lot um, of people would think maybe someone from the 60s, right? You know, the 60s revolution yes. and oh, all yes. that. Oh, yes, big time. Well, the interesting thing is it wasn't that at all. It was Vladimir Lenin, the architect Lenin! of the Russian Revolution, an oh, atheist. Oh, my goodness. Yes. yes. He recognized we that. We needed 10 St. Francis's. That is so profound. He said that if they had that, they wouldn't have needed a revolution. And yes. And I say... That's what we need today. We, we need maybe only 10 people totally on fire with this message, living as Francis lived. And when I heard that quote by Vladimir Lenin, I said, okay, I'm number 10. Who are the other nine? Oh. Let's step up to the plate and do this. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, though, one problem that we have in doing anything like that is that so few people know anything about St. Francis. They really don't. I know a little bit about him because I have I've been curious and have read something, but I don't know much either. Mm-hmm. And there's so much there, though, for them to learn oh and to come to understand. Yeah. So there, there, there's a teaching 
function that I think has to come first of all. And then St. Francis himself will call the people um, that he wants to have be his, be the ones who spread his word freshly in the 21st century. But I, what a beautiful idea, though. What a beautiful thought. You know, Francis had many, many great quotes. One of them, my favorite probably, is when he said, our only job is to teach love wherever we go and only when necessary to use words. Yes, right. That's a great one. I, I love that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, that, that's really true. Um, well, I, I think, you know, you and I had a talk independently and off air about some, you know, how I might be able to help you because I think what you're doing is quite magnificent and wonderful. And I would want more people to know about it, actually, and to feel on fire with it. Mm-hmm. You wrote this musical, you wrote the lyrics, you wrote the, mm-hmm. the dialogue, you wrote the music. Right? Yes, the whole absolutely. Thing. Mm-hmm. How long did it take you to do that? About three weeks. Oh, see, all right, now, everyone, listen carefully to that. Three <laughs> weeks. That, that, this man is channeling the music. He's channeling the words. Yeah. Otherwise, he would have said, oh, a year. But yeah. no, that's what happens if you're a channel. So obviously you are. Many people are who don't realize it. But that's great. That's wonderful. I'm so excited about this. I wish we, you could get this televised so people who live in the hinterlands of Texas also would be able to see it. Well, one thing I can tell you is that people can actually watch the first 20 minutes of the musical right now. If, if they go to my website, James F. F. S. and Francis Twyman, T-W-Y-M-A-N.com, uh, there's a link right there at the top that will take you to the, uh, the site for the musical, and you can watch... 20 minutes of it, which I I shot and performed in Assisi very recently. I did three shows in Assisi, the home of St. Francis, and it was so beautiful. It was such a great honor to share it there. And so we had it professionally shot, and people can watch the first 20 minutes of it right there. Let's let's say your website again, James F. T-W-Y-M-A-N. Did you say just .com then? .com, that's correct. Perfect. Okay, that's great. All right, and well, they can there's... also see where, what cities I'm going to be in. Um, they can get more information on New York. If people live near New York, they can even participate on stage. You can be part of the choir. All you need to do is go out and get yourself a nun or a brother habit, which you can get easily online for very cheap. And you can actually be on stage during the Francis, the St. Francis musical. You try to make things as much fun as I possible, do. right? Yeah, that's I do. kind of essential. Um, yeah, I, that's why, why my books about the afterlife have all have fun in the title to, for exactly the same reason. I mean, so well, many I'm, people think religion is somber. It doesn't need to be. It can be I'm joyous. kind of a fundamentalist with the emphasis on the first three letters. Fun. Yes, <laughs> absolutely right. Now, but this is not your first rodeo, as we said. You have uh, 16 books in print. That's correct. And are they all about St. Francis? Oh, no. This is only my second book about St. Francis. Okay. What else have you written about? Oh, gosh. My first book was is uh, the, what really launched things was Emissary of Light. Uh, that was a book when I first went to Croatia and Bosnia during the war there in 1995 and had this remarkable adventure in the mountains where I met these ancient mystics who lived there and did this very special meditation of world peace. Um, so that was how it all began. But many other books, like The Moses Code, uh, was a very, very popular one. And um, some of them less popular, like I remember I wrote a book called um, Ten Spiritual Lessons I Learned at the Mall, 
That one was <laughs> less popular. Yeah, right. <laughs> Who goes to malls anymore after all? Right. So, so, and, and you, you've also um, did a, a lot of recordings, something like 18 recordings or more. And um, one of them with Dr. Wayne Dwyer. Talk about that. What, what sort of, was this all music that you were doing? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I don't even know how many records I have out. I lost track. But definitely the, the one with, with, with Dr. Wayne Dyer uh, was sort of an explosion. And I'm just only now beginning to realize the impact of that. What it was, was what, when I wrote the book, The Moses Code, uh, a friend of mine, Jonathan Goldman, said the Moses Code is all about the the name of God that was given to Moses at the burning bush. In Hebrew, it's Ehiyeh, Asher Ehiyeh, or I am that I am. And the power of manifestation that is found within that name. And Jonathan Goldman actually identified two different frequencies associated with that name. And it literally is the sound of the name of God. And so I made this recording, a meditation with these tuning forks that Jonathan had. And it came out with the Moses Code book, and people loved it, but the person who probably loved it the most was Wayne Dyer. And he talked about it everywhere he went. He listened to it three times a day, he said, and had everyone he knew listening to it. So ultimately, um, we wanted to do something together, so we released it with one of his books called Wishes Fulfilled. And I think it sold almost a half a million copies, and uh, you, you. Can, you can go on to... Uh, YouTube and millions of people listen to it on YouTube. Uh, and I am in the process now of taking it to the next step, which is called the levitation meditation, using this sacred sound and uh, virtual reality glasses and deep breathing techniques. I, I've literally seen three people levitate off the ground doing this. And Are you serious? I am absolutely I'm, serious. Scott and it has Tyler? been such a powerful transformational tool for so many wow i i have not ever seen anyone levitate it's hard to believe what what is it about this song that would make people love and everyone you understand this just means that maybe they're sitting there in a lotus position and then they just rise up in the air they're lying down actually yeah okay and lying down okay people that i've seen maybe about an inch or two they came right off the ground and the re i don't know why exactly i i know that there's something about the combination between that sacred sound literally the sound of the name of God, and these virtual reality... Well, I'll tell you what it is. A lot of people today are very attracted to different uh, shamanic ceremonies, plant medicines like ayahuasca, 5-MeO-DMT, things like that. Of course, yes. And and they can be useful, for sure. But I wanted to to find a way to recreate a, simil a very similar experience, but without having to take some substance. And this technique allows that. So you enter into a very similar state that you would doing uh, ayahuasca, but you don't, you don't have any of the side effects of that. Wow. It's much more gentle. So this is like once I finish with the tour, uh, come back from Broadway, that's going to be the, the big thing I'm focusing on. Now, but you also have done some feature films. What were those about? Oh, it's quite a few. Uh, the first one uh, was a film called Indigo, which I wrote and produced, and it starred Neil Donald Walsh, and that was an amazing thing. This was, gosh, maybe 15 years ago, 
that we made that film. And uh, I remember when it was finished, you know, at that time, the whole Indigo Children theme was yes. very popular. And so we made this feature film and none of the theaters or distributors thought there was an audience for it. So I had this idea to call up every New Thought Church in the whole world and have World Indigo Day and have everyone show the film. And we had 600 different venues showing the movie. I think it grossed over a million dollars the first weekend. It just blew the top right off of this whole thing that they now call spiritual cinema. But And there have been many more, but um, The Moses Code was another movie. But my favorite is a movie that everyone should see, I think. It's called Redwood Highway. And it stars Tom Skerritt and Shirley Knight. It's a beautiful, beautiful film that was in theaters all across the U.S. And you can see it on Amazon Prime or uh, places like that. Redwood Highway is a beautiful movie. Well, what, what, tell us a little about it. I mean, is it it's fiction? Is it people who, I guess, get on the road and and travel and meet people? What is it Redwood about? Redwood Highway is is a movie about a woman named Marie who decides that she needs to do something dramatic to heal her life. So she sneaks away from, um, she's in a retirement home, and she sneaks away uh, in Grants Pass, Oregon, and decides to walk 80 miles to get to the ocean to attend her granddaughter's wedding. And all of the adventures and all the things she has to go through along the way, uh, it was such a a thrill to make. And Shirley Knight uh, is, is a two-time Academy Award nominee. She's won Golden Globes and Emmys. And, of course, everyone knows Tom Skerritt. They were both just so dear to work with. And it's a small film, but it's a beautiful movie. And um, every once in a while, a small independent film like that just really breaks free and touches people in very, very wonderful ways. And Redwood Highway was definitely one of those films. It's so good to think that someone can do that and make a film um, on a modest budget and about spiritual matters and have it be successful. I think that's just fabulous. Fabulous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So where are you going to go from this? You, you, you just, you talked a few minutes ago about what you, what you were planning to do once the, uh, this adventure with brother, son, sister moon is completed. What is What, what do you think you're really going to be getting your teeth into next? Well, I would love to be doing this musical for years to come. So, I'm going to see if I can plan a couple of tours a year so I can just get out on the road and be St. Francis because I am having more fun than I've ever had before. And I've done a lot of fun things, let me tell you. But being able to act in this way and to share the music, wow, it is such a gift. And uh, and as I said, I'm going to be leading a lot of retreats for the levitation meditation program. And um, I I think that will be the next big thing I'm focused on. Unbelievable. Wow. So are you going to go back into a dangerous situation again? As is, you know, Where are you going to go next uh, in terms know. of getting scared in the world? <laughs> I, I, I think it's scary. Were you ever afraid when you went to all these places that were at war? I can't say I was ever afraid because I always just followed guidance. And, and I knew that if I was supposed to be there, everything would be provided. There were definitely times when... Um, I wondered uh, what was going to happen. I remember the first time I went to Baghdad. I was there three times, but the first time when I was actually invited by Saddam Hussein, uh, I mean, I was the so-called enemy. And here I was 
being invited to come and perform a peace concert at the National Theater that was broadcast on television. And, and then afterwards, we had this beautiful party, and all we did was sit around singing Simon and Garfunkel songs all night long. <laughs> you so, and Saddam Hussein. No, wait a minute. Let me get this picture. Well, not you Saddam and, Hussein. No, no, he, he wasn't there. But he was, many oh, Iraqis. Okay. All right. No, all no right. not Saddam Hussein. Yeah, that was a, a surreal <laughs> moment there when I had yeah. that mental picture, yes. But um, I, why, how did he even know to invite you? Oh, good question. Uh, what happened was I was on my book tour in the U.K. for Emissary of Light. And I was on a radio program. It was a very popular talk show. And I was told that this uh, host, whose name was James Whale, uh, was very, very pushy. And he's going to try and push you into saying things you don't want to say. And this was at a time when the U.S. and its allies were right on the brink of another invasion of Iraq. And so James Whale said, okay, Mr. Peace Troubadour, is this stuff real or is it just a bunch of airy-fairy new age nonsense? So I said, just the first thing that came into my mind, which was what I would like to do is to go to Baghdad and sing the Muslim prayer of peace to Saddam Hussein. Maybe if we just pray together, a miracle will happen. Next thing I know, I get a phone call from the Iraqi ambassador to Great Britain, or at least his office. They had heard this interview and said, if you're serious, we can arrange that. Three days later, I'm on an airplane flying to Jordan, to Amman, Jordan, from where we had to take a 12-hour taxi drive to get to Baghdad. And that's how it happened. It, as these things usually occur, it just happens on its own. <laughs> that's quite – but somebody you've got to write your book autobiography i think um because there are so many things you've just said just in the time we've been talking that people would love to read about know more about and i think that that would be lovely so uh let us know when you write it and we will have you back on for sure now one thing you said at the start of our conversation was you talked about a song that you had written maybe the first of your significant songs uh, about um, all these different prayers for peace. Mm-hmm. And you also said, um, I'll sing for you. You want me to sing for you? <laughs> I think many people would like to hear a little bit of that song. What are these prayers? Um, well, we don't, we don't know. Uh, i tell you what, hold on one second. I'm just going to grab my guitar, which is right next to me. And I'll be right back. Okay. Um, I wasn't prepared, but I could certainly play. um, There's a song that I wrote years ago where I took one line from each of those 12 peace prayers and, and put them to music. So I'll share that. Thank you. humbly 
and offer peace to all never will you hesitate to respond to our call Shanti, Shanti Unto all Blessed be Blessed be The peacemakers Shanti, Shanti Unto all That is so beautiful. I, what a spell you weave. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for that. And all over, all our listeners are sort of sighing. Yes, what a beautiful song. Well, uh, obviously you are channeling and you do have a tremendous gift. And I'm so glad that, to get to know you because I sort of 
thought you were very enjoyable when I met you 10 years before, but you were only beginning, really. What you're, what you're doing now is so much more powerful. Mm, thank you. Well, this is actually, as I said, my 25th year. I am. What is the day today? Let me see. Uh, so two days, no, three days ago was the 25th anniversary of when I first did the Peace Concert. And so it's amazing to look back and to see all the amazing adventures and programs, movies, books, and experiences that have led me to this moment. Did you ever think that this was where you were going? When you, when you were just starting out 25 years ago, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, did you say, okay, I'll be in the 21st century, I'll be doing these, I'm going to become St. Francis on Broadway? Did uh, you ever think any of this was coming? I didn't think anything like this specifically, but I always have this feeling, as many people do, that we're here for a purpose. And we're here to share something, just as you feel, and many of us, that we're not here by accident. And I always had that feeling. And the fun thing is just seeing how that plays itself out. I have no idea, and none of us do, but if we just keep saying yes, we're going to be guided to where we can be of the highest service. That is perfectly true. If we will just say yes, we'll be guided to where we, in particular, are the best person to, to be serving God and serving humanity. That's so, that's profound. That's very true. We should cross-stitch that and put it on a wall. <laughs> because so many people just don't trust spirit enough to give their lives to God. They yeah. don't. And clearly you have done that. I've done that. And people who do it and mean it um, have much better lives. Let's be oh, selfish yeah. about this. It's, it's so, so much true. more fun to be working for God than just oh, to be my working gosh. for a paycheck. There's yes. nothing like it, is there? <laughs> no, no. It's, and we all have different parts to play. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could never sing like you. But on the other hand, there's things I do that, you know, they wouldn't interest you. It, That's it's, right. We are all, the beautiful thing is it's a tapestry. Each That's of us right. is a stitch. But that yeah. tapestry together, although all of those stitches are different, all the tapestry comes together in one beautiful picture which is humanity's future. And that future is peace and love and joy beyond anybody's ability to imagine it. Yes. What a gift. It is. It's a tremendous gift to be doing this work. And I hope some people listening will be thinking about it. I hear from people fairly often who are saying, you know, I really feel called to do something. Oh, yes, everybody, I think, is being called at this point. If we have chosen to be here and in a body at this time, we came into it for a purpose. I'm coming more and more to believe that's true of just about everyone, certainly in the developed part of the world, because uh, there's so much work to do. And thank you. Bless you for doing the work you're doing. It's <laughs> stunning. You're so welcome. So um, I, everything is set for your trip. You're you're get you're out there. You're getting out into the world, and you're just going to do much. it. Uh, with, yeah, we've got it? the schedule all set. I, I leave in just a couple of weeks, actually. Um, I, I leave. I, I live in Mexico, and and it's a lovely place to live. We we have a beautiful spiritual community here called Namaste Lake Chapala. It's near Guadalajara, and we have about forty houses and. 40 or 50 people who live here full time and many, many others who come from all over the area to be with us every day. And I'm leaving here on uh, the 28th of December and will begin the tour on January 4th in Portland and then start traveling east and just sharing this everywhere we go. And I'm so excited. This this is going to be in the adventure of a lifetime 
uh, traveling penniless and complete trust, living as St. Francis and inviting everyone else to find their own unique way of living that as well. For, for the people looking at their calendars and feeling confused, obviously we could not be having James as a guest if he was in the middle of doing his tour. So we asked if he, we could interview him a little ahead of time, and you'll be hearing this actually in February. So oh. um, if you if you rush to it, you, you maybe you can go and be be with him and experience this this That's wonderful right. show. In well, New York the tour City. is still going on in Jan in February. That's it is in exactly many places right. In February, and then uh, as you said, New York is from February twentieth to March first. So it, it's you still have time if you're hearing this when it's first broadcast. Well, this is wonderful. I so appreciate what you do, and please consider yourself hugged when you come back. When you're off this tour, we'll talk about having you come back and be, another, be a guest again to tell us how it went because I'm eager to hear that too. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to be shooting it uh, for a, a little movie as well, so we, we want people to be able to experience it themselves in that way. Very exciting. Um, JamesFTwyman.com is his website, and you can get a little sample of it there, too. And um, meanwhile, everyone, James, big hug. Consider yourself really hugged. I'm so Thank glad you. to know you. And everyone, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm really glad you could enjoy this experience with me today. Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began and you never will end. And when you get what that means, your life will be changed for the better forevermore. Next week, our guest will be my friend Brian D. Smith. His beautiful daughter left this world as a teenager, and now Brian has found his calling as a source of comfort, strength, and growth for other parents who have lost their children. He's like another of our Seek Reality friends, two-time Seek Reality guest David Allison, whose son Davey is also in spirit. Brian Smith works with David and with others with Helping Parents Heal, and that's an organization founded by bereaved parents and dedicated to helping people who are temporarily, temporarily separated from their children by death to find the strength to grow from tragedy. Brian Smith, a beautiful man, is all about growth. His podcast, Just Begun, is called Grief to Growth. The two is a little two number. It just launched and it's already popular. It's amazing. So join us next week and meet a beautiful spirit and also meet the beautiful spirit who is his daughter, Shana. And this week we've been talking with a force of nature, James Twyman. He's a one-man peace crusader. He's the author of 16 books, some of which have been very successful. And he's also a musician with more than 18 al albums released. And he's, he's forgotten how many songs he's written and sung. He's the producer or director of seven feature films. And he's been all over the world singing in the most dangerous areas. Uh, I have to say, I've never met anybody quite like him, but, I, but he is clearly a force of nature, and what he's doing is going to bear fruit worldwide. His latest effort is this one-man musical called Brother, Son, Sister, Moon Musical Tour, in which he plays and literally attempts to become St. Francis of Assisi. He's going to be performing his musical across the country in early 2020, and ending with a two-week engagement in February off-Broadway, so you could, and, and the location is called The Church in the Village in New York City. You can go, and you can be part of that, but just be sure to wear your, your, your habit, your nun's habit, or your, your, your friar's habit 
Now, as you know, my nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, The Fun of Living Together, about how to solve our racial problems. And in February, well, finally, uh, The Fun of Loving Jesus, Embracing the Christianity that Jesus Taught. For young children, there's the fun of meeting Jesus, and in early next year, we'll be putting out the fun of growing with Jesus. All these books are available in bookstores if you order them, and, of course, on Amazon, and all the adult books are also audiobooks. So um, if you want to talk about any of these books, because many people do seem to want to talk about them, don't hesitate to contact me. Um, all you need to do is is uh, go to robertagrimes.com, Click on where it says contact me or whatever it says there, but it's one of those three boxes on the side. And just write me an email. I answer every email. It can take a few days to a week sometimes because there are days when I get a lot of them. But it's very important to me that if you want to talk to me, if you have questions, if you have comments, it's important to me that we be able to communicate. Past episodes of Seek Reality are available on webtalkradio.net, realrevolutionradio.com, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and many other stations, including those in the wonderful Dream Vision 7 radio family. And more and more people now just tell me they plain old use the free app, which is available in the iTunes store. Um, if you get that, then you'll find that uh, the next episode will just automatically show up each week. This has been quite a program. I have to say that that song is still in my mind and my heart. But meanwhile, for now, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy and please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being, and you, most of all, in all of the universe, you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.